hello and welcome to the show with Wrestling with Entertainment, the only audio experience on the web today. The trusted choice for interviewing all your favorite wrestlers every Tuesday and Wednesday on YouTube and Castbox, sponsored by Rogue Energy and Player One Coffee. I am, of course, your host, that guy, James Shea, with Coleco Yachu, may or may not be here um, tonight, but who is... Tag him in a date, the American Scooter Dust. A little piece of advice from your old Uncle Scooter Dust. If you constantly drive everybody away with your nagging and your inability to take responsibility for your actions so much that you have to end up playing Fortnite with OnlyFans models who take pity on you, you're probably not cut out to be a Twitch affiliate. Thank you. Nobody asked your opinion, Scoogle. <laughs> they didn't have to. I knew it. I knew they wanted it. Of course, uh, it was a good week for Wrestling Wit as we interviewed Shelby Waters on Tuesday and then Brandy Lauren on uh, Wednesday. Um, big interview with Brandy Lauren, first ever a video uh, interview. A uh, special uh, shout out and thank you to Jimmy's portfolio for uh, being associated with the interview. And you should definitely check out um, the meeting dates that they have coming up. I believe tomorrow um, is um, May Valentine. Um, Next Friday is Zach Sabre Jr. and um, uh, Sunday the 18th is Roger Strong. Uh, go to jimmysworldorder.shop to check uh, to find out more information about those entries, uh, those meeting dates. Um, this upcoming Tuesday, we got David Gomez, the owner of the Wrestling Guy Store. So we're keeping it up with um, small businesses, um, incredible interview, incredible person. Um, not, we just don't talk just the store, a lot of fun anecdotes, a lot of great, uh, content in that interview. Um, and then on, uh, Wednesday, we have Barack Deroni, um, the new, um, Love Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champion, um, and you definitely want to check that one out as well. If you don't believe me, um, here's some clips of those interviews right now. You mentioned breakfast. Um, mm -hmm. Who took a coffee order? <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's a little tough to, with the coffee, but she's she's amazing. She's a sweetheart. Um, don't let that uh, that hard attitude fool everybody. She's she's got a good heart underneath. That that you know that hard attitude that you see. She's always in gimmick, but underneath that gimmick, she's a sweetheart. No, I mean I've seen her order coffee before, and I was like, and I, I I pity who actually has to write that down. And mm -hmm. that to the I, I I think when we had her at the store, we actually did Uber Eats, and I I remember it took it took me forever. I finally had I think I had to hand her the phone so she could do it. <laughs> I was so confused on that Starbucks order. <laughs> but she's amazing. She's amazing. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, considering that most of our bizarre adventures come from the Canadian 
roads, um, it's, you should consider yourself lucky that, that that's the, the worst that's happened yet. Oh, yeah, like driving through blizzards and everything. I've just, I've drove for so much of my life. I used to have a hot shotting business, kind of like skip the dishes before skip the dishes. Uh, so I've been in, the, in a vehicle forever, so I'm comfortable on the road, but definitely going through the BC mountains when you can't see 10 feet in front of you, going through the Alberta to Winnipeg roads. I've had my fair share of bad weather, but I've made it. And, you know, obviously, you know, no uh, alien or paranormal encounters as well. That's funny you say that because I have seen like flashes in the sky and that made me pull over in the empty Saskatoon roads. When I'd be back on the back of my own, just flat land, clear skies, you see a flash, I would pull over. I'm like, I wonder what that was. <laughs> but uh, no alien, no aliens yet. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because that's not the first time uh, we've had extraterrestrial encounters. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely down. If someone wants to come say hi, come visit. <laughs> Um, and then on the 20th, we got uh, Danny and Derek Diglor, the Double Ds. On the 21st, we got Lexi Lux, um, an interview from Sweden. On um, the 27th, we have Andros J. On the 28th, Relentless Riley Rose. And then July 5th, we have Katya, the Soviet Suicide. Um, so a big month for wrestling with and um, you can find information on those interviews and so much more obviously on our YouTube page on CastBox like subscribe hit the notification and um, you will know when those interviews drop all right um, now that we're done putting ourselves over it is not a great day for wrestling as we lost an absolute positive legend this week. Um, the on has passed away. I believe he was 81. Um, and it really sucks. And it quite possibly this show, all wrestling shows, anything involving wrestling might have not happened if he wasn't such an integral Part of pro wrestling back in the day. Obviously losing the WWE Championship to Hulk Hogan, starting the Rock and Wrestling Connection, uh, and bringing wrestling into the mainstream. He was a big part of that. Uh, no, Scooter? Oh, absolutely. Ab absolutely. Yeah. My, my father is now the see. Uh, no, my father's actually a couple months older. No, younger. Than, uh... Than, you know, Shiki Baby. Uh... And, but... The one... The one wrestler my... Male relatives would always remember... Is the Iron Sheik. Uh... They, they had to do the Iron Sheik, or they knew Hogan. But... Uh... Shall uh, we go through some of uh, the Sheik's great accomplishments? Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. Born Kasro Al Vaziri. I apologize if I'm uh, butchering that name. 
uh, he, aren't he true to his, uh, true to himself, he was actually Iranian, uh, uh, of course, he peaked during the 1980s WWF wrestling boom, uh, he, he actually has a quite an extensive history in amateur and Olympic wrestling. Uh, he idolized uh, Iranian Olympic gold medalist uh, Golam Reza Takti, and after that, he would go on and become an amateur wrestler, and he would also uh, work as a bodyguard for Shah Mohammed Reza Pahlavi, uh, for a number of years, um, competed in the Greco-Roman, uh, Greco-Roman wrestling in the 68 Olympics, uh, after, uh, after his Olympic idol had been found, uh, mysteriously, uh, dead, uh, he and his family emigrated, uh, to the U.S., and he and she actually was the assistant coach for two U.S. Olympic squads uh, in the 70s. Uh, he was also the amateur athletic union Greco-Roman wrestling champion and gold medalist in the uh, 180 and the 81-kilogram category. Um, and then rounding out his Olympics... Career, he was the assistant coach for the USA team in the 72 games at Munich. Uh, and the uh, Sheik would get into pro wrestling. He'd start up in AWA at Vergagna. Uh, Sheik had a hand in training Ricky Steamboat, Greg Gagne, Jim Brunzel. In the AWA, he primarily worked as a face uh, until somebody suggested him being a bit more like the Sheik, Sabu's uncle, uh, would suit him better. Uh, he would, after that, he shaved his head bald. Yes, it's true, Sheik had hair. Um, he would then add that, that, that signature mustache, uh, Swinging his Persian clubs. Um, the Persian clubs were so iconic. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, and there was a shoot that wasn't, oh, these are gimmick. He could actually do that, and there was only one other person that even legitimately came close to it, and I believe that was Bob Backlund. I, I, when I get to it, there's a very interesting story there. Uh, 79, he joins the WWF, competes in the first ever Battle Royal in Madison Square Garden, and wins. Uh, that same night, that earned him a title shot against Bob Backlund. That was a 30-minute battle, that was not the night Sheik won. Uh, Sheik would leave... In the uh, at the start of the eighties, 
you pal around uh, Jim Crockett Promotions at Mid South, and as as well as Championship Wrestling from Florida and Georgia Championship Wrestling, uh, NWA National Television Champion, uh, and then the infamous. Back into the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Uh, it aired December 24 in the episode of All American Wrestling. Iron Sheik, Camel Clutch locked into Backlund. Arnold Scullin throws in the towel. One of the very few times we've ever seen that happen ever in the history of professional wrestling. Um, then, uh, 10 days later, Backlund would get a rematch. Uh, but, unfortunately, no, uh, uh, Backlund would be replaced, uh, by Hogan, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, this was January 31st, 1984, not 10, uh, 10 days after he lost the title, uh, January 31st, 1984, Hogan, leg drop, after breaking out of the camel clutch, boom, the Rock and Wrestling connection is off and running. According to the Sheik, Greg Gagne offered him $100,000 to break Hogan's leg and go back to the AWA with the WWF title. Sheik refused. Greg Gagne still disputes the story to this day. Uh, he would have a leg legendary house show feud with the Iron Sheik. Uh, teaming, he also teamed with Nikolai Volkov for a lot of the uh, mid-80s. Uh, they would win the WWF Tag Team titles at the first WrestleMania, defeating Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo, the U.S. Express. Everybody would know, you know they'd, they'd be swinging the flags of Iran and Russia as Volkov would give a throaty version of the Russian National Anthem. That was That was... That wasn't actually the Russian anthem. No, it, no, it wasn't. But it was pure heat. It was all planned. Uh, Sheik would make an appearance in the video for Cindy Lauper's "Goonies Are Good Enough," and in fact, he would actually make an appearance in both videos for the song uh, as well. Uh, as the A's wound down, um, Sheik and Volkov, uh, who were managed by Fred Blassie, were eventually, uh, their contracts were sold to the Doctor of Style, the Reverend Slick. Um, the Sheik's last WrestleMania appearance before 17, WrestleMania 2, uh, in the battle royal with the football players and everyone that was won by Andre the Giant, Sheik actually eliminated by Bruno San Martino in that match. Of course, May 1987, we see probably the first ever solid breaking of kayfabe as the Iron Sheik and Jim Duggan, who were bitter enemies on television, are pulled over uh, in the same car. Duggan was high on pot, Sheik on cocaine, uh, 
she would be released uh, shortly after. Uh, Duggan stayed on, but is taken off. It, it's it's one of the most infamous stories in uh, behind the scenes of pro wrestling. Then from eighty seven all the way up to uh, ninety one. Yeah, he would find himself in Dallas, back in Minnesota, and in Puerto Rico uh, for Carlos Colon's uh, WWC. 1989, uh, she joins WCW. Uh, he gets into a mini-feud with Sting. And on uh, April 11th, uh, episode of World Championship Wrestling, Sting and the Iron Sheik uh, came face-to-face as she challenged into a Persian club swinging competition. It would happen two weeks later, uh, and Sting actually admitted that she won. Again, something very out of the ordinary. Uh, Sheik would then find himself in a, uh, teaming up with, or at least managing, Ron Simmons. He would be involved with Paul Dangerously, a.k.a. Paul Heyman. Um, Sheik would look for a tag team partner for Ron Simmons. Uh, Sheik would, unfortunately, leave WCW... Uh, in uh, January 1990, only to return seven months later after Ole Anderson gets promoted to head booker. Uh, Sheik's contract with WCW was apparently forgotten about, and it was allowed to roll over, which made Sheik quite a bit of money. Um, And on his... Last WCW uh, pay-per-view, Great American Beth 1990, he faced Mike Rotunda uh, in a losing effort. Uh, last match in WCW was against the Junkyard Dog, January 1991. Uh, she would return, this time as Colonel Mustafa, alongside General Adnan to the newly healed Sergeant Slaughter as Iranian sympathizers and fight himself back in a few with Hulk Hogan for the title around WrestleMania 7 and so forth. Mustafa, she would wrestle sparingly, uh, not a lot, but Mustafa would find himself in the 1992 Royal Rumble, some saying his last attempt to win the world title. Uh, after that, she kind of stayed out of the ring and uh, and lived his life, basically. Um, sporad- he would have sporadic appearances, uh, managing... The, the gimmick battle royal in 2001. His final yep. match and of no less a win on the grandest stage of them all. Yes. Uh, you also manage... Uh, Tiger Ali Singh, uh, 
son of Tiger Jeet Singh. Unfortunately, Tiger Ali Singh crashed and burned. Uh, Sheik would also find himself working alongside his former rival, Bob Backlund, in managing the Sultan, a.k.a. Rikishi, uh, as the Sultan faced Rocky Maldia at WrestleMania 13 for the Intercontinental Championship. Sheik would have sporadic appearances in movies and television. Uh, There's just so much because we get to Sheik in the old in his twilight, and things get insane. So much to the point that I can't really talk. I can't really talk about them. But I, I will say this. He challenged the, the mayor of Toronto, Rob Ford, you don't know who that is, look it up, to an arm wrestling match at his office. Uh, but of course, the one thing I think wrestling fans and meme fans all over the world know is the Sheik's love for humbling people and anal. <laughs> With his what what turned into a trademark phrase I fuck your ass, make you humble. That that was a that was our iron sheik. My God. <sighs> and, um, you know, anywhere you look at it, like, like I said, it sucks that he passed. Um, but he was 81. Um, he did everything he could possibly do in the pro wrestling world. Um, and... Yeah, he, he's had his demons and his life issues, but we all got our issues and our problems. And at the end of the day, he was able to overcome them and have a good quality of life before he passed. And you can't ask for more than that. No, Scoodle? Nope. Can't ask for anything more than that at all. And of course, um, our thoughts and prayers go out to the family, the friends and family of the Aunt Sheik. There's not more, more there's not much more to say other than Iron Number One and Hulk Hogan, go fuck yourself. Iron Number One, Hulk Hogan, ha, toy! Alright, let's get into the news. And the big, I don't want to say it's the big news of the week, but a bit of the news this week would be that CM Punk will be competing on Collision in a couple of weeks. Uh, he's teaming with FTR to wrestle Jay Wright, Juice Robinson, and Samoa Joe. Seems a little bit put together, don't it, Scooter? It does. But some people were, were were actually calling 
Samoa Joe and CM Punk in a match of Collision. How, how they came, how they came up with it, I'll never know. Uh, it's it. I think it's probably going to be a very good match. The thing is, anybody who shows back up on Collision kind of has had. Has already prematurely had that thunder stolen. If you've seen the uh, pre, uh, the commercial for Collision, you might notice something odd about it. It features AEW roster members that aren't currently active. Thunder Rosa, Miro. And it uh, it seems I don't I don't think they should have announced a main event like this. I would I would have said CM Punk will be in action, but now the. Khan is once again hanging this the the debut of the show on Punk's shoulders. It's the mark in him. Well, I mean, it worked in the past because. Obviously, CM Punk is an attraction. It's going to garner attention in media. But it just seems like the last, what, nine months since the incident, AEW did themselves no favors of saying this guy is toxic, he's a cancer, he's evil, he destroyed the company, and then, oh, hey, He's coming back, and you should like him. He's our friend. I mean, yeah, it's going to work in Chicago. They love CM Punk, but... And to a degree, it kind of helped ticket sales, but everywhere else Collision is going, it doesn't seem like tickets are really going on selling with him on top. So they're kind of banking on... They were kind of banking on... I guess people not seeing him in a while? I don't know, but it just seems like, oh, well, if we put CM Punk in, it's a guarantee that we're going to get more viewers, or more tickets. Well, they're, the, the show the, where Collision is taking place after its debut is in Canada. There's a number of collisions after that will be in Canada. Here's the thing. We're getting very close to the release date for AEW's long-awaited video game, Fight Forever. Correct. Somebody was just recently announced for the game. Somebody we never thought we'd see 
in a video game ever again. Owen Hart. Oh, wow. Owen Hart has been announced for the for the competing roster, not DLC. He's on disc. Hmm. And... I th it, it looks like we may get a second Owen Hart Cup. Yeah, they uh, kind of announced that like a uh, couple months ago. Well, it's going to be... It's going to take place over Collision. Yeah. In Canada. So... That was one of, of many uh, Tony Winfrey announcements. Because you get an announcement, and you get an announcement. And there was an announcement last week, but there will be an announcement this week as well. Uh, and it, this announcement, uh, the white zone is for loading and unloading only. Nobody told, um... A steal about that. Then they just got a, a bite out of their ass. And then, and speaking of punk, it it looks like we could be getting punk Kenta at Forbidden Door. Right, and that would be a big match. But with no build-up, is it really, this could basically be Goldberg versus Hogan at the Georgia Dome. But who's Hogan and who's Goldberg in this situation? Um, it, it's not even who's Hogan, who's... Goldberg, it's a matter of having a really big match that people want to see, and you only have a week of advertisement. When you could really melt this over weeks. I think, I think everybody was kind of expecting more uh, leaning towards Punk Tanahashi, since we didn't get that. But does anybody care, care about Punk and Tanahashi? It's not the, the big match. Nope. It's definitely not. Because Danielson Okada. That's going to be good shit, I would imagine. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Another name rumored for Forbidden Door is um, Mercedes Money. Um, I mean, she would be representing New Japan, which is a good thing, but the rumored um, wrestler she'd be wrestling is Soraya. And I really don't feel like Soraya would be the best person to represent AEW against Mercedes. No, Scooter? Oh, yeah, no. Should not be Soraya or Soraya, depending on who's saying it and which week. Oh, that 
That that really boils my potatoes. Um, Just call a fucking page. <laughs> Hold on, they may turn her. Uh, it clearly should be Brit. I feel like that's the and, only logical one. And if not, then 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 Jamie Hader. I think Hader's don't. Ever. You know, you never know at the, at, at at this point with with AEW. So, but but don't put her in with someone from the WWE. For the love of God, if you've got her for the night, take advantage of it. But there is also the, um, the thing of Monet is possibly quite injured from um, the resurgence, so. so she might not even be a representative of New Japan for this show. The other name that would be logical is Willow Nightingale, but alas, she is an AEW contracted wrestler. So how does that make sense? I mean, you, you might as you might as well put uh, you know, I I wouldn't mind seeing. I wouldn't mind seeing. Wait, are you talking about Willow against? Mercedes, or are you talking about? No, we're you're talking about replacing Mercedes. Oh, oh, oh no! As New I, Japan no. representative, as the oh. New Japan Strong Women's Champion. I mean, if anyone's going to replace her, it's clearly going to be Kyrie, or if somehow. Uh, if somehow Japan has, uh, you know, you know, uh, gone to China and signed, sorry, Saray, uh, Saray uh, you know, I, I want to see Riho versus Kyrie. That's what, that's what I want to say. I'm not even sure Kyrie works for New Japan. I mean... Uh, do, do we want to take a look at it again at, uh, as we did last time Forbidden Door came around for the, uh, the predicted fantasy booking matches? Oh, God, no. We did the last year, and none of I, the good uh, shit that could have been what, what actually was. Okay, well, I'll just go through them. I won't. We know. Uh, Moxley, Ibushi, uh, Orange Cassidy, Shingo Takagi, 
Punk, Kenta, Hiromu Takahashi versus Ray Phoenix, uh, Daniel Garcia versus ZSJ, uh, and LIJ versus Chaos. Feels like we've had that before, like a billion times. Andrade, Rushin, Naito, Trent, Chuck Taylor, and Tomohiro Ishii. Uh, House of Black against Ren Narita, Minoru Suzuki, and El Desperado. Okay. I think that's about it. Meh. I mean, the other name that would be logical to represent um, New Japan is... Um, uh, Mayu Iwatani, who is the current IWGP Women's Champion. But would you waste an appearance from, from Mayu against Soraya? Could Britt Baker hang? I don't, I don't think, I don't think they'd be willing to take a chance of sending her to the States. Why not? Because outside of Japan, does anybody else know who she is? Excluding the hardcore fans, which unfortunately, they're a minority here. Well, let me ask you this, Scooter. Did you not get it so incredibly excited when we saw the rematch of Kenny Omega versus El Vikino Del... El... El Del Del Gino Del Victor. Ice Cream Um Yeah, that guy. Uh, El Hijo de Vikin El Hero de Butcher oh, English. Hydro Vikino guy. You didn't get excited for that match? Like your head didn't explode because Vikino was in an AEW oh. ring. Oh my god, I was waiting for that for like weeks and they only announced it the week before. People waited years for that match. Years. I waited lifetimes. I was I've been reincarnated three times before that match took place. And that's not an actual joke because you have spontaneous combusted like ten times. In fact, I spontaneously combusted twice now while recording this. <laughs> oh, third time. Stop looking at Nia Jax's OnlyFans while we're doing the show. But I'm her only fan. She's my mommy. So, I mean, it's not out of the realm for people. It wouldn't be out of the realm for AEW to say, Hey, bring Mayu Iwatani. And people say, who? It'll be like... Does that mean we have to wear masks again? Well, I believe we have, we still have like a, what, two weeks for Forbidden Door? And we still, we have like two, three matches confirmed, and they are good matches, so hopefully they don't shit the bed with the rest of the card. Which they probably will. But are you, can you, are you honestly excited to see another Kenny Omega with Osprey match, though? They've only wrestled once. That's my point. I mean, if Kenny Omega beats the living shit out of them, then yeah. Makes them cry again. 
And of course, the big question is, how will this build to all in? Right. Which is a whole other conversation for another time. Yes. That being said, did you see Lacey Evans' new ring deal? Ah, Lacey Evans version 372? Correct. Uh, it's from the uh, Sergeant Slaughter Jr. Miss line. I mean, it garnered uh, a lot of hate from Sergeant Slaughter and his daughter. Apparently, if you believe rumor and innuendo, they wanted to do vignettes where Sarts and Slaughter trains Lacey Evans and gives her his blessing. Um, he refused that. And now the new ring gear was criticized by his daughter. Ah, uh, yes, the, uh, yes, daughter Slaughter. Daughter Slaughter, yeah. Um, you, you know how at Halloween in the co- in, in costume shops they have you know, char- like famous character costumes, but since those names are trademarked, they give a general description and and they make it for you know into you know so, so that a woman could wear it and look sexy. That's what this is. This is this is sexy. This is sexy Sergeant Slaughter cosplay. <laughs> oh my god, you're absolutely right. The thing is, I don't know how many men were standing at attention. All joking aside, what could what will take to get Lacey Lacey Evans over? Because what first she was a lady, then she was a marine, then she was a I don't know survivor. She was a a survivor of a drug, a survivor of a family of addiction, uh, and. But then she used that to manipulate us and be heal again. Ay, ay, ay. When do you just put your hands down and put your hands up and say enough? This isn't working. Maybe go back to NXT. Maybe learn a new hole. How about become a better human being? And then we'll talk about bringing you back onto SmackDown or Raw. I... At, at, at this point, I don't know, but... I will say... I, I did, Actually, I did not realize that Sergeant Slaughter's daughter... Her Twitter is actually Slaughter Daughter. Um... <laughs> But the way the way it's worded, the reply to the tweet, it's 
it seems like a little bit of a work. Like there's only one slaughter daughter, and she's just a poser. Wait, so is she implying she herself is the poser, or Lacey Evans is the poser? This is why grammar is important. I mean, maybe she was saying she's a hoser, which means she's uh, an I'm, idiot. Hey, you fools, you fools teaser. All in line, maggots. Please. Okay. Even Stink would say that stinks. Oh, like a god, a maggot. Okay, how did you just become that bastard? <laughs> Hmm, what type of smell? Oh, everyone likes their own brand. You know when you walk into an apartment building and you smell everyone's cooking on each floor and you ask, what are they cooking? That plus crap. I practice. <laughs> I practice my voices. Shut the fuck up, Minnie. We won't come. Uh, but, but don't, don't worry. We've got like, at, at, at this point, Lacey Evans has had more character changes than there are Pokemon. And that's saying a lot. And I just want to go and throw a, throw a Pokeball at her. Hope it get, hope it catches her and says. STAY! STAY DOWN! And none of those gimmicks will have with Gonna Hurt any more heat than just being her actual self who is actually a really terrible human being. So, there's that. Um, now, Rumor and Emuendo Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Probably is. WWE is blocking AEW from certain arenas. Uh, most notably, um, Madison Square Garden, which we probably already knew that. Um, but there is now a clause when they sign contracts with the buildings that AEW cannot run before or after them to a certain amount of weeks and months. Is this just great monopoly by WWE, or is this them being petty? I think it's... I think it's petty. They... They never did this for WCW. But then again... WCW also had the good sense to stay out of WWE's venues. WCW only showed up twice at the Nassau Coliseum here in New York. WCW never went to Madison Square Garden. No. Actually, w uh uh, Eric Bischoff did confirm that um, WWE did block WCW from running Madison Square Garden. That was uh, a fact. Well, okay. 
Madison Square Garden, I can understand. But... I hope I, I would I would say if it's anything longer than than sixty days, I I would I would say it's excessive. Uh, you know, thirty thirty days. I think is okay. I think. I think it's understood that Tony doesn't want to play by the 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 unspoken rules of honor for you know, among wrestling promoters. That being, I, yeah, don't step on another promotion's toes. Don't. Show, don't be vindictive and try to, you know, book in the same week of the, uh, of your competition. That's happened once. I, I think it was, I think it was last year. I think it was last year for their money, as money in the bank in, uh, it happened once last year with WWE and AEW, but is it really go? Is it really going to matter if AEW does a show in Madison Square Garden? Is it really going to matter? Probably not. But I don't even say does it matter. I would say can they fill it? Which by the some of the ticket sales that they've been getting recently, just here in America, doesn't seem so. No, no. I I I don't think there's anything that's gonna come out of that. And this this will go into a, a uh, another thing, and then I'll get into after we uh, finish this. But I'm, I think this shows fear. They're not. They're not worried about AEW failing in their arenas. They're worried about AEW succeeding. Would you say that AEW is succeeding at this point? It seems like the crowd isn't as responsive as they used to be. They're not selling as much many tickets as they could. Yes, they're telling they- the Yes, they sold. Though they legitimately sold over sixty thousand tickets for Wembley, but that's a market they haven't been in in the four years that they've been running. 
So obviously there is a, you know, want and a need from the UK fans to be there. But there isn't a want and a need here in America or at Canada in general, in Canada either. I think those 60,000 tickets were bought by one scalper. <laughs> and uh, this guy is looking to be one rich motherfucker. Uh, how many people will remember they have tickets for All In by the time it comes around? <laughs> But, I mean, it, I mean, until it happens, it, 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 uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, but speaking of Monopoly, uh, uh, something uh, I knew about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, uh, because, and, because I am a, uh, I am friends with a Twitch executive. WWE and Twitch have reached an agreement on a partnership. They will, uh, hold on. The thing about that is now, WWE superstars can no longer use Twitch for personal use. If you if you are on Twitch, you are representing WWE. Um, because now WWE gets a cut of Twitch stream revenue. I was getting into this uh, with a friend, and uh, the, the the person I know is uh. uh Executive VP of Strategic Partnerships at Twitch. Oh, uh, he's on. Yeah. Uh, he's on. Yeah. I also do uh, wrestling consulting for him whenever he streams, and it's wrestling related. Um, he put the announcement out. Somebody asked me about it. I said I knew about this weeks ago. Um. But this partnership, okay, it's good news for some, but when you really look at it, it's greedy, invasive, and unethical on the WWE's part. This is a step towards complete autonomy of WWE having control over their superstars' lives. A what was what used to be a hobby for some is now just another stipulation in the contract. It yeah, the first approach they took of if you're appearing appearing on any screen, you're doing it as a representative of the WWE brand. That backfired when they tried uh, banning everybody, ev 
all, every employee from using Twitch. But this starts a really dangerous precedent. This could essentially turn the WWE into a 24-7 job. This is dictating a, a this is dictating behavior, casting a wider net on how their how WWE employees can use social media personally. They 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 can't do it personally. That's it's 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 so restricting. It's I think it's kind of a rights violation when you're trying to impact the most abundant socio-ecological resource. That's social media. It's now one of the most important resources that's not essential to living. And the fact that if you're street, if you're streaming, and you're a WWE superstar, you're on the clock. If you're off stream, you're still on the clock. They can dictate and determine when, where, and why they use Twitch. And more importantly, they don't force employees who don't want to stream to stream. Can they really do that? Yeah. But will they do that? That remains to be seen. They start the, the this uh this was announced on Monday. Uh it was Sunday. It was announced this past weekend, I believe. And on Monday night, the first uh, they did it for the first time with uh with Drew Gulak uh, as a test. Um, Did he have a PowerPoint presentation? Uh, I asked him. I tried asking him where his PowerPoint presentations were. Um, and they do it with um. No, not Mac- not Mackenzie Mitchell. Um, who who hosts Raw Talk? Not Caleb Braxton. Kathy Kelly. Cat was it Kathy Kelly? Uh, okay, maybe maybe that was Kathy Kelly. Uh, but yeah, this, this is yeah. It, it starts with this, but then it's gonna get to a point where the fact that this is the fact that this becomes. Around-the-clock job and WWE employees are still considered independent contractors with no real medical benefits or a union. Well, it's dangerous ground. Let me ask you this, because we were just talking about the on-sheet. A little while ago, and obviously the biggest um, 
conspiracy of scandal in pro wrestling that blew up kayfabe was on cheek and Jim Duggan in the car. WWE at that time expected you to be in character 24-7 because if you didn't, then you was blowing the, your character and your um, and the, the storyline you were in. I mean, in today's age, if that ha- if kayfabe was still a thing, and we didn't know who these people actually were outside of who they actually are, would would like somebody like the Onshaker Hacksaw and Duncan, you would expect them to be on a Twitch stream as the Onshaker Jim Duncan, no? Yeah, but we're now we're in a day and age where the kayfabe is really relaxed, and it's not my my main point here is not about actually living the gimmick. But I mean, essentially, you would have to if you're going to be if you're going every time you're on camera, you have to be this character. Mm. No, you are, you, you are an employee of the WWE, but you don't have to speak everything as if you're giving a promo. It's the, the problem here is that it's how it's used. For example, let, I'll randomly say, let's just say AJ Styles wanted to play Tears of the Kingdom. I don't know that. He'd have... Uh, Zelda. Legend of Zelda. Which one? The yeah. new one. That just came out. Tears of the Kingdom. Oh. I haven't played that. Um, he's got to now get that approved. Okay. Uh... If if they want to do a group stream for something like I don't know Among Us or hell, hell a Dungeons and Dragons game, just for an example, the w, it's not them getting together to have fun. It's them getting together to do work. And that's my main issue. The fact that this sets a precedent for other companies to do the same thing. Well, yes. Well, not every comp- other, other companies are as screwy as pro wrestling is. You know what I mean? But, yes. But... It's oh crap! I just lost my uh, my train of thought. Other companies, you know, they have they usually have typically have clauses, you know, you know, good behavior clauses. You know, they expect employees to behave. 
you know, uh, and not, you know, not use social media to, you know, defame, uh, business. That's, that's the, that's the, that's the thing to me, is that they, they now have to, if the WWE says, okay, all, all you, you, you and you, uh, yeah, we will, yeah, we, we want you to play Smash Brothers tonight. Oh, but I want to come back. Go to sleep. So what? You're playing Smash tonight. This again. This it's a Pandora's box of how much is too much control. AEW superstars are streaming on Twitch. A lot more now. You also have OnlyFans. Uh. Yes. Yes. Um. But it's. It's a. It's a. This is a. Very narrow street. That. I hope. It, I really hope it works out. I don't think it will. I think the you know obviously you did a lot of research on this and looking into it, but when it comes to social media, social media, Twitch, and even YouTube at this point. WWE has not been the most tech-savvy of companies. Um, you know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels, when they were doing In Your House, I mean, you saw how they looked. They, they do not know how to use computers very well. I highly <laughs> doubt there's going to be anybody in WWE that's going to tell the superstars, hey, you have to play this, you have to play that, you have to do this on your screen. Maybe they'll say, okay, maybe keep this, this, uh, topics of pro wrestling under wraps, don't talk about this, don't talk about that, but I feel like that would have been expected anyway. Okay, um, put it, uh, put it this way, when Drew Gulak was, uh, you know, in front of the camera, I, all they were talking about was Raw. They were literally, they were literally describing... What was going on? They copied my shit. Well, until I feel like when it comes to this, we should maybe give them the benefit of the doubt until proven wrong. And knowing WWE, nine times out of ten, they do prove us. They prove us right. So, hopefully that's not the case. Alright, um, if you believe Nick Khan, if you're an ancient of Nick Khan, then you should probably shove it up your ass. 
Um, he would get an interview explaining that they consider NXT to possibly potentially be a dog brand for uh, WWE and not just a developmental. We're just going in circles when it comes to NXT at this point. No, Scooter? Let me put it this way. Oh, no. Not again. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my right down gal. Um, make up your fucking minds. I mean, if you wanted to make it a good brand, you had literally every fucking independent wrestler that was Waterdam on that show. What? Two years ago? 2.0's been around for what? A little over a year, right? Well, what? I mean, it's no longer 2.0, so... It's 2.0, I don't give a shit. Yeah, it's... If anything, it's NXT 3.0. It, they're they're getting their great average up. I had a really bad joke, but I'm not going to see because it's inappropriate. <laughs> what? What? Something about three inches or something? No. Um. Ah. So. So you had all the independent wrestlers. You had all the legitimate talent to be a dirt brand, you don't give them that legitimacy of being a dirt brand. You make it a developmental system for the guys and girls that really don't, really can't wrestle to begin with, and I haven't watched NXT in a while, but the last time I did, still seemed like they couldn't wrestle. Um... And now you want to legitimize these poses? No. Fuck you. It don't work that way. I mean, Braun Breaker challenged Seth for a title match. Well, good for him. Baron Corbin is... Yeah, gonna fail at his attempt to win the NXT Championship. Like he does at everything else in life. Yep, as as he failed to qualify for Money in the Bank. As he is now done beaten by Butch. Yes. Um... I, th- I think I think the most important thing is this. Fuck Ronda Rousey. Oh, you sound really good, though, Scooter. What? What are you talking about? I didn't say anything. Um, you, 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 I have a concussion. You didn't hear me say if it, like, if it, if it brings in the dollars? Yeah, you know what? Adam Cole is Keith Lee's bodyguard. Call him Boge. Motherfucker! Yeah, that's uh, not 
going, um... It's kind of like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't type situation when it comes to Keith Lee and Adam Cole. Fuck Budgie. That's what you call them. Fuck Budgies. <laughs> oh, God. Will you stop? <laughs> uh... Oh, finally, Young Rock has been cancelled. Oh, fuck CBS. Yes. And also, fuck NBC for cancelling the show. <laughs> exactly. We only need Fox and US USA in our lives. Yes, because we all know Fox tells the truth. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't keep a straight face to that. <laughs> ah, fuck sucks. What doesn't uh, suck is um, cagematchwrestling.com. Um, that's a site you and I use regularly. It's a great site. Um, it has a lot of great content on it. Um. They've had, they've ran into a controversy. Um, they have a rating system on the WWE and AEW shows that you could go and comment on them, etc., etc. Um, and leave it to wrestling fans to abuse that privilege. Um, you got uh AEW fans shitting on WWE shows. A WWE fan cheating on AEW, so, and they came to the point, Cage Match came to the point where they had to uh, stop the, and I quote, the tribalism of these fans for doing this. And they're monitoring, um, you only have a certain amount of time in order to, um, comment on these shows, give it them ratings, and obviously everything is monitored at the end of it as well. Um, how did Reddit infiltrate Cagematch, Scooter? Uh, it's nothing new, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, they, they've always had that system. Um, the funny thing is though, Cagematch primarily is a German website It's not typically an English-speaking website. Um, the idea of customers reviewing the product is nothing new. The idea of customers praising and badmouthing the product is nothing new. When you get a chance, go on Amazon... And look up Haribo sugar-free gummy bears. And read all the reviews. You'll laugh your ass off. But you'll understand my point. Honestly, they're not, they're not going to care. The I mean, cage match. The, the 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 trolls, the uh, you know, 
the companies. No, no company pays to be on Cage Match. It's uh, it's free usage, and it's something like this that you know makes stuff end up behind a paywall. You're not wrong about that. I, this is why nobody can uh, edit Wikipedia pages just willy-nilly. Like, one time, I tried to edit uh, Pat Buck's Wikipedia page, uh, and I put in uh, and under, under personal life, He's also notorious for being very smelly. I hit, I hit submit. It was up there for a minute. I hit reload. It was, it was gone. It went back to its regular thing. It said, "I'm sorry, we cannot. <laughs> yeah, we need to provide a, a proof." Uh, and. I'm like, <clears throat> my nose doesn't count. Uh, I was I was just making a joke, but um, I mean, all Cage Match has to do is disable that system. And it's not even about Cage Match, so to speak. Rather than fans just being sucky, you know what I mean. Like, if, okay, we got Twitter, we got Instagram, we got, um, yeah. uh... Okay, Cupid, plenty of fish, uh, farmers only, uh, don't eat cheese before noon dot com, um... I was gonna say Reddit, the squirt circle. Like, there's a lot of toxic places you could complain about for wrestling. And now it seems like it's spilling even into the good... Um, you know, sites that are honest. You know what I mean? But then again, how many people rely on Cage Match for reviews of company, of, of, of promotions? Well, two of them are talking right now. <laughs> I mean, if you think if you think Cage Match is the end all be all source, <laughs> uh, you you must be uh, you know, an Amish kid on Rumspringa uh, discovering the internet for the first time. Hmm. Need the torn bubble after this. Uh... I mean, but you know, this is why wrestling with. Has nothing but five star reviews on Cage Match. This is correct. Doesn't matter if we wrote them all. Yeah. And a couple in German. And maybe a few in Hebrew. So long. Tis Translation Fuck Budgie. One um, 
think it's a podcast. I couldn't tell you one way or the other. Uh, Matt Hardy has one. Um, where he compelled Orange Cassidy to The Undertaker. Is it time we take Matt Hardy um, behind the shed and um, pull the trigger? The, the Orange Taker! Uh, and funny enough, Matt Hardy is somebody else I follow on Twitch. Uh, most of the time, it's his lovely wife, Rebby Sky. Rebby, I'll never forget when I held you in my arms. You know, it was 105 degree, degrees, and I was sweating so much, I looked like a vampire from Twilight. Um, it's... I, I can see the comparison. I mean, I don't think he's really thinking like, oh, yeah. Yeah, Cassidy does a mean choke slam. Well, his example was that Orange Cassidy is the guy that Tony Khan relies on to go out every week and do. I don't even want to say a good match, but like compete. Um. Uh. Um. Uh. Meanwhile. John Moxley is kicking the door down. And uh, is he bleeding? Uh, I don't know if he has that much left, quite honestly. Yep. That's why that referee looks anemic. He just has to keep putting his blood into John Moxley to keep giving him blood transfusions. My, you know, you know, AEW has shown so much blood that they have officially cured blood shortages in three countries so far. That's just amazing. I mean, first you have Sami Zayn um, bringing two war-torn countries together uh, in unity, and now you have... Um, AEW curing blood um, shortages. It's just, it does the heart good to see pro wrestling being great. Um, but no, uh, Orange Cassidy, uh, he compared Orange Cassidy to Undertaker saying that um, there's a, uh, they have outlandish gimmicks. And Tony Khan relies on Orange Cassidy like Vince McMahon relies on The Undertaker. Again, right comparison, wrong person to compare. If, if anything, if I were to compare Orange Cassidy to anybody that the WWE has been, uh, has relied upon. Ooh. 
Next pick? Randy Orton. Wow, you're giving him a lot. Do you feel juice in his head? It makes him wanna juice or and understand. Wait, 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 why does he hear Jews? Huh? Why does he hear Jews? Is he going over uh, Bar Mitzvah? Juice, not juice. Because <laughs> he's orange. Cassidy. Oh, Ha, he, you don't like it, do ya? Is there anything you want to go over? Because I think it's time we uh, end the episode. Uh. Fuck Yoshihashi. Oh, Kaliko Shield. Yes, Kaliko has turned into a female AI voice. Uh, yeah, congrats to Yoshihashi on winning New Japan Gold. Uh-huh. Yeah. Alright. The world's ending. That will conclude this episode. Thank you for listening. If you like what we're doing, please like, subscribe, comment, put on YouTube. This was sponsored by Rick Energy and Paramount Coffee. Join us this Tuesday as we interview uh, David Gomez. Join us this Wednesday as we interview Borat Garoni. Um, and follow the show at Wrestling with Ebot on Twitter and Instagram for information on who we're interviewing, when we're interviewing them, links to those interviews, and so much more. A lot of those uh, interviews that I mentioned earlier are already um, up on our YouTube Click, uh, simply subscribe, hit the notifications button, and you will uh, uh, you can listen to them when they drop at on Tuesday, on Wednesday, twelve o'clock Pacific, seven o'clock Eastern. Um, you can follow me personally at jmc993. Where can you find Scooter? As always, find me on Twitter at Scooter Dust. Keep an eye out the social medias. For any news on the remix, Money in the Bank should be when the remix returns. Just keep an eye open. And of course, revel in my Dungeons and Dragons antics. Along with me and Rico Constantino Jr. and the rest of the Smoking Dragons clan. Twitch.tv backslash Smoking Dragons. And for Coleco Yachts and Screw Dust. I'm James J, and this has been Wrestling World Entertainment. Hey folks, this is the Colossal Mike Law, and you are listening to Wrestling With Entertainment. Enjoy the show, support these guys, we appreciate it very much. We'll see you at ringside.